Welcome to Misty 101 podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode of our podcast. US offers $10 million. Reward for information on Russian intelligence officers state debt. The United States on Tuesday offered a reward of up to $10 million for information on six people it described as Russian military intelligence officers who had conducted cyber attacks affecting critical US infrastructure. The six officers work in a cyber-focused unit of Russia's main intelligence directorate, GRU, and were involved in a 2017 global malware attack that infected the computers of several private U.S. entities, including a hospital system, the U.S. State Department said. The 2017 NotPetya cyber attack crippled parts of Ukraine's infrastructure and damaged computers in countries across the globe including France, Germany, Italy and the United States, causing billions of dollars in estimated damage. Russia denies any involvement in the incident. A U.S. federal grand jury in 2020 indicted the six Sandworm unit officers on counts of conspiracy to conduct computer fraud and abuse, among other charges, the State Department said. An award of up to $10 million would be rewarded for information leading to the identification or location of any person who, while acting at the direction or under the control of a foreign government, participates in malicious cyber activities against U.S. critical infrastructure it added. P. Ando Ferries seafarers refuse to work after ship loses power in Irish Sea. P. Ando Ferries seafarers who were on board a vessel that lost power and was adrift in the Irish Sea for two hours yesterday are reportedly refusing to work on the ship. Some agency workers have asked maritime unions for advice about terminating their contracts, reports the Times. The European Causeway, which can carry up to 410 passengers, suffered a power failure five miles off the coast of Lahn, Northern Ireland, at 12.25 p.m. on 26 April. The RNLI sent out lifeboats shortly after the ferry did not arrive at the scheduled time of 2 p.m. The engine regained power at 2.14 p.m. and was escorted to Lahn Harbour by three RNLI boats. Following P. Ando Ferry's decision to break the law by firing nearly 800 staff with immediate effect and no prior consultation on 17 March, replacing them with cheaper agency workers its ships were detained for inspection. A record number of failings were detected during an inspection of European Causeway. The Maritime and Coast Guard Agency, MCA, found 31 separate problems, including fire safety and lifeboat drill issues. Launching arrangements for survival craft were not as required, according to the inspection report, meanwhile. An evacuation slide had not been maintained and new non-UK crew hired to replace fired staff were not familiar enough with radio equipment. More failures were found on the European causeway than in 46,000 port state control inspections of ships in the last three years, reported PA. However, it had since passed muster and resumed sailings between Cairn Ryan, Scotland, and Larne two weeks ago. Piando said of yesterday's power failure, 
following a temporary mechanical issue, the European Causeway, continued, its scheduled journey to the port of Laon under its own propulsion, with local tugs on standby. There are no reported injuries on board and all the relevant authorities have been informed. A full independent investigation will be undertaken. The MCA confirmed it would be following up the incident with an inspection. Meanwhile, the Rail, Maritime and Transport, RMT, Union blamed the incident on P&O's decision to replace experienced staff. The union's Darren Proctor said, It is clear this is down to inexperienced crew. Seafarers familiar with the ship would have been able to keep it under power. Putin's forces have failed to destroy Ukraine's air force leaving Kyiv in control of the skies, says UK. Vladimir Putin's forces have failed to effectively destroy Ukraine's air force leaving Volodymyr Zelensky's government in control of the majority of the country's airspace, British defence chiefs said on Wednesday. Ukraine's air defences have also not been suppressed by Mr Putin's invasion, which was launched on 24 February, leaving Russian planes and helicopters flying over the country at risk. These failures meant Russian air activity is primarily focused on the south and east of the country, with very limited air access in the north and the west. They were also limiting Russia's ability to carry out deep strikes into Ukraine. Mr Putin has refocused his military campaign on the Donbas region in eastern Ukraine after his initial lightning invasion plan, which included seizing Kyiv within days floundered and his troops were forced to retreat. The Ministry of Defence in London also stressed that the majority of air attacks on the besieged city of Maripol were being carried out with unguided, free-falling bombs which would lead to higher civilian casualties than if precision weapons were being used. More than 20,000 civilians in the port city on the Azov Sea are feared to have been killed. Mr Putin has abandoned his attempt to completely capture the city and has instead ordered his forces to surround the last Ukrainian stronghold in a sprawling steel works. In its latest intelligence briefing, Britain's Ministry of Defence said, Ukraine retains control over the majority of its airspace. Russia has failed to effectively destroy the Ukrainian air force or suppress Ukrainian air defences. Ukraine continues to hold Russian air assets at risk. It added, Russian air activity is primarily focused on southern and eastern Ukraine, providing support to Russian ground forces. Russia has very limited air access to the north and west of Ukraine, limiting offensive actions to deep strikes with standoff weapons. The defense chiefs continued. The majority of Russian airstrikes in Maripol are likely being conducted using unguided free-falling bombs. These weapons reduce Russia's ability to effectively discriminate when conducting strikes, increasing the risk of civilian casualties. Russia continues to target Ukrainian military assets and logistics infrastructure across the country. Meanwhile, Foreign Secretary Liz Truss was due to use a major speech on Wednesday evening to call for allies to increase defence spending and supply tanks and warplanes to Kyiv. She was also set to stress that the West must prepare for the long haul to ensure Russia's defeat in Ukraine. 
In the speech at the Mansion House in the City of London, Ms Truss was expected to argue that Mr Putin's invasion of Ukraine showed the need for a shake-up of the international structures which failed to prevent Russia's actions. She was due to argue that Western allies need to impose even tougher economic sanctions to increase Russia's isolation, including cutting off oil and gas imports once and for all. There must be nowhere for Putin to go to fund this appalling war she was set to say. In a call to Western allies, she was due to add, we cannot be complacent, the fate of Ukraine remains in the balance. And let's be clear, if Putin succeeds there will be untold further misery across Europe and terrible consequences across the globe. We would never feel safe again. So we must be prepared for the long haul and double down on our support for Ukraine. Heavy weapons, tanks, aeroplanes, digging deep into our inventories, ramping up production. We need to do all of this. Mr Putin's foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, has warned that weapons supplied by Western countries will be a legitimate target and NATO has effectively entered into a war with Russia through proxies. Boris Johnson however has insisted the UK and other sympathetic countries would continue to provide Kyiv with intelligence sharing, training and NATO-grade weaponry. In an interview on Tuesday with Talk TV he indicated he would be happy to see the Ukrainians use UK-made armaments to strike targets inside Russia. They are being attacked from within Russia territory. They have a right to protect and defend themselves he said. He also dismissed reports that further defeats for Russian forces could see a frustrated Mr Putin resort to using low-yield tactical nuclear weapons against Ukraine. Given the massive Russian backing for what he is doing, given the apparent obliviousness of the Russian media about what is really happening in Ukraine, the paradox is that Putin has far more political space to back down, to withdraw he said. Earlier, in the Commons, Armed Forces Minister James Heapy said Britain would provide the Ukrainians with longer-range brimstone ground-attack missiles in the next few weeks. The UK was one of just eight NATO members to meet the alliance's goal of spending at least 2% of gross domestic product, a measure of the size of the economy, on defence in 2021. Germany evicting Afghan refugees to accommodate people fleeing Ukraine. Germany has displaced Afghan refugees from government accommodation to make way for Ukrainians fleeing Russia's invasion, according to reports. Hundreds of Afghan families are being evicted in Berlin to create space for incoming refugees fleeing Ukraine, foreign policy reported. The German government justified it by saying that Afghans were being removed from arrival centers designed for short-term stays. However, Activists said that some refugees had been evicted from the accommodation they had lived in for years. The evictions purposefully weren't publicized said Tariq Aleos, a board member of the Berlin Refugee Council. Some people had lived in their homes for years and were ripped out of their social structures, including children who were moved to locations far from their respective schools. Few people's living conditions improved but most were afraid to speak up, 
afraid it could impact their immigration status Mr. Aleos told Foreign Policy, explaining that around 10 residences had been emptied in Berlin. Berlin's Senate Department for Integration, Labor and Social Services, which oversees the housing of refugees, said that the decision was based on operationally necessary and difficult considerations and that there was no alternative because Ukrainians, including many women with children, needed a roof over their heads and a bed. We regret that this caused additional hardships to the Afghan families, and that the affected people had to move out of their familiar surroundings and now possibly have to keep up with their social connections with great difficulty said Stefan Strauss, the department's press secretary. Mr Strauss said Berlin had a total of 83 different accommodations for refugees, already housing some 22,000 people but that arriving Ukrainians needed to be consolidated to a few defined arrival centers to simplify processing. Evicted Afghans were given other permanent accommodation of equivalent quality, excluding shared bathrooms and kitchens, he added. Mr. Aleos of the Berlin Refugee Council said that although the fault is not with the Ukrainian refugees, there was a difference between how they have been treated compared to Afghans fleeing home. The last months showed that different treatment of refugees is possible, and this needs to be systematically anchored in our society Mr. Aleos said. More than 160,000 Ukrainian refugees have been officially registered in Germany but their real numbers are thought to be much higher as Ukrainians can enter Germany without visas and there are no thorough controls along the Polish-German border. Berlin has become the main gateway for tens of thousands of refugees, with around 7,500 arriving at the train station every day after the invasion began on 24 February. Because city officials were initially slow to react to the massive influx, thousands of volunteers have stepped up to help cater to refugees. In the last 10 years, around 630,000 Afghans applied for asylum in EU countries with some of the highest figures in Germany, while in 2015 the nation agreed to take in 500,000 Syrian refugees a year. Restaurant workers sacked after complaining kitchen was too hot. A restaurant manager has been awarded £21,000 in compensation after she protested about unbearably hot working conditions. Temperatures at P.F. Chang's Asian Table in Great Newport Street, London would routinely soar to 43 degrees Celsius, an employment tribunal heard. Alice Bailey said she was told to get used to it when she complained to bosses about the heat. A faulty air condition system had led to the sudden rise in temperature, which caused sweat to be dropping off people's faces, the tribunal was told. One diner was forced to dash outside for fresh air where she fainted on the pavement. Other customers would even vomit due to the conditions, the tribunal heard. Ms Bailey started working at P.F. Chang's Great Newport Street branch in July. 2017 and became general manager in January 2019. The restaurant is owned by the Kuwait-based Allshire Group, and operated by London-based Diverse Dining. 
Ms Bailey first raised concerns about the stifling heat in 2018 but was told nothing will be done so it's better to get used to it. Two years later, she emailed all Shire's business director to complain about faulty electrical sockets, a broken walk-in fridge and a malfunctioning phone. She also highlighted the intense temperatures and the fact both staff and customers were struggling to cope. Two days after the email, Ms Bailey was told her she was being made redundant due to the financial impact caused by the pandemic. The devastated Londoner took her case to an employment tribunal. She explained she felt she was targeted because she had voiced concerns about the restaurant. Employment judge Jeremy Burns ruled in her favour, and said, Diverse dining, has not satisfied me there was a genuine redundancy situation. No real financial information has been produced except by, Ms Bailey which shows that despite the problems caused by equipment and by the pandemic, the restaurant performed much better than expected from July 2020 onwards. What happened, was therefore nothing other than, diverse dining, seeking to justify and gift wrap a dismissal decision rather than carry out genuine consultation before the decision was made. The poor refrigeration and lack of air conditioning did pose a real health and safety concern which, Ms Bailey, had a reasonable belief about and was communicating to her managers in good faith and in the public interest. Mr Burns added bosses turned a blind eye to serious health and safety risks they had been and were unwilling to deal with effectively. Ms Bailey was awarded £21,563.03 in compensation. A man gave his microwave artificial intelligence and it tried to murder him. A man recreated his strange childhood friend a microwave and engineered it with AI with interestingly murderous results. YouTuber Lucas Risotto is known for his account Lucas Builds the Future in which he posts videos all about technology. In a Twitter thread that recently went viral, Risotto told users about his endeavors to recreate his childhood imaginary best friend. He revealed when he was younger his friend was a microwave that he named Magnetron. Now, he wanted to recreate that friend by installing AI and giving it a real personality. Risotto explained that he first purchased a microwave, and then installed it with a sophisticated AI system called GPT-3. The system is capable of fairly accurately mimicking human language and forming its own sentences after being given prompts. In order to teach it about their childhood friendship, Risotto revealed he wrote a 100-page book about Magnetron's life to give the system a backstory to refer to. Risotto said the experiment was one of the scariest and most transformative experiences of my life and the results were certainly interesting. According to Risotto, who was now able to communicate with the microwave, their conversations were both beautiful and eerie but one downside was that it would exhibit sudden bursts of extreme violence towards me. The AI system was given the capability to send commands to the microwave and was able to make the machine switch on for a specified amount of time. At one point, it seemed the machine wanted to use this for its own murderous gain as it asked Risotto to please enter the microwave.
he falsely confirmed to the AI that he had done so. At that point, the GPT-3 commanded to microwave to switch on. At the end of the experiment, Rizzato decided to shut the system down for now. Addressing the skeptics, he said, Whatever your view on this may be, my takeaway from this journey is that maybe a dot I dot S are meant to be more like imaginary friends. Maybe it's not about whether it's real or not. Maybe it's about whether it's real enough to be real to you. He really shouldn't have told it he had mentioned it in his will. Drug-addled sex worker held bread knife to neck of pensioner boyfriend and robbed him. A heroin-addled sex worker who was desperate for some quick cash held a bread knife to the throat of a terrified pensioner who had regularly paid for her sexual services in the past. Aggressive serial criminal Charlotte Newton, 25, deliberately went to his home intending to steal from him as she believed that he was a soft target and that he would be less likely to contact the police due to their secret sexual arrangement. She put the knife right under the frightened pensioner's chin and also robbed his friend of money after she went there with two masked men and another woman, Hull Crown Court heard. Newton, of Hull denied two offences of robbery on 19 October, 2021, but was convicted by a jury after a trial, Grimsby Live reports. Judge John Thackeray QC said that the pensioner was relatively frail and that he and his friend were having a pizza at his home when the robberies took place after 8.45pm. Newton was probably surprised to see the man's friend there when she went round to target him. She was with two men, who were wearing hats and face masks, and another woman. Newton was complicit in them being there but she planned to rob the pensioner. The prosecution claimed that it was a classic case of a prostitute targeting her boyfriend for more money, said Judge Thackeray. Newton went to the kitchen and grabbed a bread knife before threatening both men and holding it quite close to their throats. They were obviously terrified said Judge Thackeray. Newton and the three others left after money had been taken from both men, £80 from the pensioner and £30 from his friend, as well as a mobile phone. The robbery had badly affected the 74-year-old man and he found himself constantly looking over his shoulder. Newton targeted him because he was vulnerable and she thought that he would be less likely to alert the police because of the previous relationship between them. You were the one brandishing the knife said Judge Thackeray. I saw very clearly that there was not one jot of genuine remorse. Significant sentences must follow for those that target the most vulnerable in society. You have many convictions for dishonesty and some for violence. The pensioner said in a statement, I am frightened to live in my home but I am not going to be moving. I have family here. This was my pension money to buy groceries and live on. I am worried they will come back and I will not be able to stop them getting in. I have been taken advantage of for my money. I was helping Charlotte out but she is not taking advantage of me to get money in this way. The other man said that he had been left scared to walk back to his home. I am scared for my own personal safety he said.
Newton claimed during her defense evidence that she knew the pensioner and that she had received a lot more than £2,000 from him in the past. He paid me for sex acts she claimed. He had sometimes loaned her money. She claimed that she went to the man's home and he let her in. The man's friend was there. I asked if he wanted any services and he said yes claimed Newton. The man offered her money but, she claimed that, all of a sudden, two men burst in and one of them went straight to the kitchen and picked up a knife. She claimed that she asked the other man, what the f asterisk 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 are you doing, because she cared about the pensioner. I felt awful she claimed. Newton claimed that, after the men fled from the property, she stayed for a few minutes and told the pensioner. I'm so sorry before leaving. She later told police, I had no involvement in this. Judge Thackeray said, the jury quite rightly saw through that. She admitted, however, that she had a heroin addiction at the time of the robberies and needed money for that. Newton, previously of Paran Close, Hull, had convictions for assault causing actual bodily harm in November. 2010 when she was a youth, assault in June, 2011 when she was also a youth and in December, 2013 as well as burglary and many for theft, including being jailed for eight weeks in December last year. She had been given an eight-month suspended prison sentence in 2017, with 180 hours unpaid work, for possessing stolen property after a burglary. Her boyfriend, 33, ransacked the home of a man while he was lying in a hospital bed and the victim returned to find his home looking like a bomb site. Items including a box of silverware, power tools, chisels and a water payment card were found stashed in Newton's attic. Stephen Robinson, mitigating after the verdicts said that Newton had suffered a wretched upbringing and some of the assault offences happened while she was in care homes and was reacting to taunts from other residents or struggles with staff. She suffered drug problems and had been in at least two abusive relationships. Newton was jailed for seven years. We hope that you have enjoyed our podcast. We thank you for your support. We hope to see you again next time.